0: This is a whole observatory
1: podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Star Stuff. The space body Hello and welcome to Star Stuff. I am Cody Half Moon. Uh, today's episode is really exciting. We might say the word alien, so prepare yourselves. <laughs> we joined by co-host Haley
0: Osborne.
2: Hey, guys. And uh, back again, we have Dr. Martin Elvis.
0: Hi there. Good to be back.
1: Hello. Yes, you are on a super fun conversation that we had in this season. So we really appreciate that you uh, were willing to come back. That that episode got a lot of listens, so I know it's going to be a good one. Great. That was awesome. And so... Maybe, Dr. Elvis, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Because you pronounce it more correctly than
0: I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the strange interstellar object Oumuamua. Oumuamua.
1: Oumuamua. And Haley, you, you did some research on this.
2: Yeah. So um, the controversial hypothesis that Oumuamua was an alien craft dominated by a solar sail is considered using known physics for two possible cases, controlled and uncontrolled flight. So in this episode, we're going to discuss Dr. Elvis's paper on an asteroid that may have been an alien spacecraft.
1: Ooh.
2: (laughs) So I guess we should start. um, Okay. What is, what is Oumuamua?
0: O Oamuamua? <laughs> yeah. First That's it's created, it's, a, it's a, a Hawaiian name because it was discovered, this object was discovered uh, in a te- using a telescope in Hawaii. So uh, nice. I think it was very appropriate to name it like that. It just you know Smith or Jones would have been a lot easier for a person or whatever. Not not if you're Hawaiian. So.
1: Like your planet George. Yes. That never <laughs> <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, a uh, muamua. Um, it's an odd-looking thing.
0: Uh, yes, indeed. It, 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 so it, it was discovered moving uh, on a uh, on, uh, on Haleakala, and it, which is searching for asteroids and other uh, small bodies in the solar system. Uh, uh, only this one, it was in the solar system, but it didn't start in the solar system because you could tell that because it was moving much too fast. And it must have uh, come from out beyond the solar system. And uh, when it was tracked, it was it was realized it was on this, uh, this hyperbolic orbit, meaning it, it was open at one end. It was going to whiz around. It had just whizzed around the sun and we didn't see it on its way in, only on its way out. And uh, uh, there hadn't been any other well-established uh, case of anything coming into our solar system from outside. Uh, mm-hmm. Until this happened, there was another one of, just a few weeks later, Comet Borisov, okay. which is not a, which is uh, interesting in itself, but quite a different case. It, it looked like a normal comet.
1: Yeah, and this looks like a a, a space sausage. No, I <laughs> the description. It's Either amazing. a cigar
0: or a pancake. It, it, there's two models that fit, uh, but perhaps the yeah. pancake shape is more likely. Yeah, it. Uh, we, we know that because. Uh, as, as you watch it, it gets brighter and f- It used to, we, we can't track it anymore. It got brighter and fainter by huge amounts. And so that for asteroids, that means it's something rotating and it's not a sphere. So the area it shows to us reflecting sunlight changes enormously by a factor of 10 or more.
1: So it's it, it whizzed by us, it went by Earth, and it was like, mm, nah, and kept going. <laughs> uh,
0: we, we, yes, it did come near the Earth, but we only know that uh, after the fact. We didn't see it when it was near the Earth. We only saw it going hmm. out way away. White? After the after it went around near the Earth, it zipped around the sun and, and went off in another direction. That's when we caught it.
1: Why didn't we see it?
0: Uh, I don't remember if it's because it was in daylight or because it was uh, too faint or...
1: Invisibility cloak—you never know. Well, if
0: it was in if it was in daytime, then uh, it, we can't do anything about it, right? So if it happened to pass us on the daytime side, we'd never see it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, aerodynamic looking, so maybe that's why it was going so fast.
0: No, nothing to do with it. It's still in the vacuum of space. So.
1: Oh right, right, right. No air. No air. So the aerodynamic no. part of that.
0: No, yeah, <laughs> it's dynamic, but not. not and uh, so that was that was the big puzzle, though, on its way out. Right. It was uh, had this weird shape. It was maybe about 100 uh, meters long, about the same as a football field. Um, uh, but uh, it was seen to accelerate slightly as it went outwards. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's not immediately strange because comets do that because they get heated on one side where the sun is hitting them. They get warmed up and that boils off some gases which pushes like a little rocket effect pushes the comet a little faster on its mo- motion away from the sun. So everyone assumed that's what it was, except there were careful searches for any of those gases that would normally be found and they found nothing. Right. Huh? So it's like, uh, in that case, what's making it accelerate? Right. So you could have a little rocket effect like that, but there's another thing that would work and that's uh, pressure of sunlight, which is a very tiny pressure. But it's real, hmm. and um, so so that would make it like a like a solar sail, which mm-hmm. is something people have just started to experiment with in practice uh, uh, with our own satellites. But you could have very thin membrane, very large area, and a very very low mass satellite, and then it then it might it can get usefully accelerated by the sun, and so. Um, Not everybody liked this idea because, of course, it suggested someone had built a sail. And it's like, whoa, what's that? And lots of other ideas were presented. Uh, Could it be some uh, 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 lump of pure hydrogen ice? Or could it be uh, some other thing? And for example, and... um,
1: A solar sail, you said? Sorry.
0: Yes, but it, but what You have to have something lightweight and very large area, right? So people came up with some ideas, mm-hmm. or, or you have to have a gas that is accelerating it that we didn't search for, and it was uh, because it's never been seen before, and uh, that could have done it. So there were suggestions for uh, pure hydrogen ice and similar ideas, and they 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 all have problems, and so that's where. Uh, Bialy and Loeb came up came up with a suggestion of the acceleration by sunlight. It, okay, it, it, sort of, it sort of fits because it drops so, because the acceleration drops off as it goes further away ju- in just the same way that the power of the sunlight, the pressure of the sunlight, would drop off.
1: Is that what you think?
0: Uh, well, let, this is I don't I'm not I'm not actually going to support any position. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I, this has got too much of a fractious argument, because when the yeah. Ali Loeb said this, they came up with numbers for how thin it must be, less than a millimeter thin and, and 100 meters across, it, which is incredibly tiny, and, and a total mass of maybe one ton. And so uh, they said, well, these are pretty unlikely things. Maybe it's an alien craft. And that was at the end of their uh, paper. They said, Oh,
1: their official paper?
0: Official paper. And then uh, Avi Loeb uh, got onto all sorts of uh, NPR shows and things talking about this and uh, um, maybe got a little carried away. I don't know. And then he wrote a book about it uh, in which he was really uh, seemed to be claiming it was for sure. And uh, that a lot of people objected to. (laughs) I, I like
1: I, that
0: PR. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, it got very controversial and very ad hominem arguments started to fly and I got really annoyed with everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> I, so, I
0: so I said, "The, tr- the tr- why is it getting this reaction? Right. And I think mm-hmm. the reason is once you say it's aliens, right. <sighs> then, then all bets are off. Aliens have cloaking devices. Like you said, they have mm-hmm. light travel. They have, That's they good. can, they can beam things up and down. You know, they, we've, we've all seen documentaries. Yeah, you know, it must be true, right? Yeah. So, so how can you make any progress if that's if all bets are off like that? Oh, they could do anything.
1: Yeah, but, it's a but, unicorn driving uh, his spaceboat.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are the scientific arguments for this being a spacecraft?
0: Uh, that that uh, there's nothing natural, that all the natural explanations have problems that, that Avi Loeb, for instance, definitely considers uh, knockouts, as to their arguments. It takes time for these things to develop. I would say they have problems but now now we'll wait for another round where people think about it again and say oh no wait a minute it could be this it could be that right mm-hmm. it takes a while it's, it's still a pretty new result I and mean, it's it's obviously something we've never seen before as they say in the movies mm-hmm. <laughs> right um, so it's got to be, it's certainly interesting and um, all these possibilities should be explored right it, the all the okay. astrophysical possibilities but also and this is what they, my little paper argues. We should also look at all the uh, alien craft possibilities. Yeah, and we can do that uh, if we say, yeah. okay, aliens don't have different physics from what we know on Earth, and yeah. what we found to apply throughout the universe, out to uh, the most distant galaxies we right. can see with James Webb, and so on.
1: Carbon creatures,
0: right? So, uh, well, maybe not carbon. They, we don't require that. Maybe they're all computers or they've all transitioned to being a life form that's, uh silicon. You we, we, we don't have to assume that. You just assume that they uh, they obey the laws of physics. They don't have types of material, that is, elements that we don't have okay. because we found all the elements, so we know what they all are. Right. Because you're limited by those properties. And uh, so let's look at – let's think about what uh, – what options there are, right? So it's an alien craft, we'll pretend. And then maybe we can follow the arguments through and we'll find nothing against the statement Mm or the the idea. In which case, okay, it's still a possibility.
1: Process of elimination, no dumb questions. But maybe we can (laughs)
0: find reasons why this is just not gonna work. They couldn't Uh, have done this, right? For some good, solid reason. And so so I looked at the possibilities and there are really uh three areas there's, there's two uh possibilities for what what its current state is either it's under control and we were the target we del- they they whoever they were deliberately sent this craft past the solar system to go mm-hmm. right around the sun
2: mm-hmm.
0: or it's or it's uncontrolled it's just drifting in space right and it's a a derelict ship or something like that right right and uh, in the, in, and that has different implications right Mm-hmm. So um, let's think about the drifting in space option. Okay, it turns out we ran into it rather than it running into us. You can, oh. see, if you take the average motions of all the nearby stars, that defines uh, what at rest means uh, locally in in this, our little part of the Milky Way, and that's what this Oumuamua o- 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 Mo- was was basically at rest. Compared with all the nearby stars, and the sun moved, and the solar system with it moved into where it was. So it's kind of moving there, right? Yeah, I
1: forget. Yeah, we're moving too, right? Yeah,
0: we're moving too, absolutely, and we're not completely at rest with the compared to other nearby stars. So that would mean uh, it was random. So there must be, uh, given the number we uh, we found, there must be enormous numbers of them out there.
1: Right, because because found more, as, soon as, alive, as soon as
0: we were able to see it with a, a sensitive enough telescope, uh, covering a big enough piece of the sky, uh, we we found it very soon.
1: Right, and because of the this the the likelihood if yeah. this isn't if this is a rare thing and it happened to go by our universe et cetera, it, awesome. right. Yes. So statistically, this has to be common.
0: That would that's the argument. Good, well said. Yeah, interesting. So. Um, okay, so is it, if, it, if it's an alien craft, what's it doing out there? Uh, so I, I came up with two possibilities. Um, one is it's a deliberate message sent out to contact other civilizations, but with a very special uh, case. They're not saying, hey, over here, this is us. Mm-hmm. They're saying, we exist, but we're not telling you where.
2: <laughs> hmm <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've they read the books that also that say you really don't want to contact advanced civilizations that could crush you in an instant
1: right they did not do the Arecibo message yes uh, <laughs> yeah. so that,
0: that, that has a certain uh, you know worry factor associated with it so, yeah <laughs> so that's called I, I call that anonymous messaging by extraterrestrial intelligence right just yeah okay. If if we were able to catch up with Oumuamua, then uh, we should find that it, yes, it's an alien craft and it has no identifying marks on it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you may remember the the that the these, you've seen these plaques that were set put on the uh, Pioneer ten and eleven and Voyagers one and two that were leaving our solar system. Yeah. They, had, they had a little map of where we were, right, relative to nearby pulsars, which of course these these beacons that have regular pulses. Of right, and <laughs> just in, dropped yeah.
1: a pin on where
0: Earth was. They did, yeah. They oh, basically God. That's right. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, way oh, I'm not so sure that was a good idea. <laughs> right now, those, those things are moving very, very slowly, and <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll probably never encounter another star. Uh, but. Oh, it's all yeah. right. Okay, they, this is not the approach that these aliens would have taken if that's what they were doing. That so they're just,
1: smarter than us.
0: <laughs> Got exactly, it. As expected, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> they were they were seeking intelligent life. Couldn't find any. Kept no. going.
0: Or they were. So 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 the next option is no. They're much more like us. It's just interstellar junk, right? That so there's, there's okay. some civilization out there that. Pouring out loads of junk, and for some reason, it sends it out of their solar system, maybe just to get rid of it or something like that.
2: Okay, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and
0: there's two. I came up with two scenarios where yeah, that would happen. Right. You have this s- uh, solar system wide or alien solar system wide um, network of tra- transport, fa- fast transit. Right. And you do that by having lasers, uh, uh, powerful lasers, to pr- propel your spacecraft out. And, um, and that's, in fact, what the Breakthrough Initiative is trying to do to send a small spacecraft all the way to our nearest neighbor, Alpha Centauri, right? Okay. And so it, it's a perfectly reasonable method. But one application of that idea would be to have a fast transit, rapid transit between the different planets of a solar system. And then you would... Um, presumably the plants, they go to our atmospheres and you, you drop off your passengers who then use the atmosphere to, to break and and land Uh Uh, while the, the sail itself just keeps sailing on, right. And, and goes so fast that it leaves its solar system.
2: So could you explain what a solar sail is for people who haven't heard of these before?
0: Yes, sure. Um, so there is, like I think I said early on, the sunlight and and any light uh, exerts a pressure. Yeah. Right. It's a very tiny pressure, but if you have a very big sail and a and a not and a very small spacecraft in uh, carrying its pay, its passengers or payload or whatever in, in in embedded in it, then you can spread that sail out and you can catch the salt the the. the Light pressure from the sun, or it could catch light pressure from a, a powerful laser that we build and, and shine at it deliberately, right? And that can that can send it uh, accelerating across the solar system. And then, if you want to come back, you have to have another uh, you have to stop and then have another sail to come back uh, and another laser system to come back. So
1: I, I love that we're sticking with the um, like the sea kind of fairing theme like the sails, ships you know what i mean like uh i I like that we've kept that that tradition in the nomenclature
2: yeah totally
0: and we always have captains and uh,
1: (laughs) yes right Yeah. yeah And so how was this uh, found?
0: How was the, the uh, Oumuamua found?
1: Yeah. So yeah. It, it whizzed by us and we saw it leaving? In
0: yes. An accident. So there's, there's this uh, telescope um, called um, PanStars, which mm-hmm. was designed to cover a huge piece of sky in one snapshot and have a big mirror so it collected light from quite faint objects, stars, asteroids, whatever. Uh, And so it was exploring the depths of the solar system for moving things. Uh, So you take more than one picture and you can see if you take two or three in a succession, you can see a little line of dots when you add them together. And those are moving objects. And so that's what asteroids look like, Uh, like a, like a star, but it's moving.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at, at pictures now. It looks like a, like a highway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah nice.
0: uh, well i may i don't know what you're thinking of there maybe you're thinking of the starlink uh trail.
1: maybe this is a, a a deep combined image showing the interstellar object Oumuamua, oh right okay um yes. at the center of the picture and then it's like i, I think
0: what what they've done is, is, is line things up so that o- Oumuamua is not moving and so it's around no. and all the stars behind it Therefore, moving uh, trailed out because it, it's really uh, the stars that are still, and the Oumu, Oumuamua Oumu, Oumu that's uh, moving. But uh, it's easy to show it that way.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, that makes more sense because I was like, okay, this is definitely looking alien. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> but this is a weird, weird photo here. You're
2: like, um, this is
1: aliens. <laughs> yeah, this, this has to be aliens. That's fascinating. So, but what I'm hearing is that. uh, there is a sort of explanation for it, or at least like, you know, the sun was making it change its speed or whatever. Um, so if it is an alien, if it, if it was an alien spacecraft, we can't prove it. We'll never see it again. They didn't want us to know that it was. And so it's kind of like a non-argument.
0: Well, uh, there are some mission ideas saying maybe we could catch up with Oumuamua. Oh, right. Uh, it would take several years and a very fast spacecraft and uh, just several ideas. It might, it might take like 20 years. I mean, that kind right. of talk. I, uh,
1: And it, it seems to have slingshot around the sun. Mm-hmm. And so I know that we do that, like we'll slingshot around the moon or other things like that for spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there a theory that it was just an alien spacecraft using our sun, our star? Longly
0: as A slingshot. Ahead. That is another possibility that we're not actually the target. It's it's uh, moving on to another place, right? So mm-hmm. uh, let me get Sitting to that. One. On uh, controlled uh, argument, right? Because mm-hmm. if it was under control, that it, and we were a target, even if we were just targeted to be a slingshot, uh, that would that's still uh, under control. And uh, I, I'll talk about. There's a whole lot of possibilities there too. Mm-hmm. So, so I had another thing. Uh, I, I was just talking about this uh, thing where there's this interstellar transit system, inter, interplanetary transit system. And they, then the, the debris from that is what, uh, what we've been finding is one of these. So there'll be millions and millions of these solar sails out there that they cast off and never gave a second thought to.
1: Oh, okay. okay. So it's just very advanced. It's kind of yeah. like how we have space junk. It's just space junk from a different mission,
0: right? But there has to be an enormous amount of it. It just, but it turns out it's not a ridiculous amount. Uh, if you have a solar system wide civilization, it's much too much for a single planet like Earth to build because you have billions of yeah. these, and each one weighs a ton, and so okay. the. Yeah, billions and billions. Yeah, billions and billions. Billions and
1: billions. (laughs) I love that. So, if it is us, kind of like space junk, and there there are these alien, these other life forms out there, um, they're not that far away? If their space junk is getting over here, yeah. So, like, wouldn't they be aware of us?
0: Uh, They might be. Yes, Uh, maybe they have. Uh, if it, maybe they aren't and they, they or they don't care and it's just junk, right? Or if it's so, it's if it's a that's what I call that inadvertent messaging by extraterrestrials, the, okay. if, it, if it's deliberate and it's anonymous, then maybe they uh, they deliberately made sure that uh, uh there's plenty of these things that we will run into in eventually, but they have to be thinking, well, a, a long time ahead, right? Kind of segues into the controlled case, mm-hmm. any any given the sort of speeds it was going at, it takes at least uh, 100,000 years to travel uh, from a nearby star. Mm. So they were observing Earth 100,000 years ago and said, oh, there's a likely spot. Let's send some of these things uh, to intercept them. Ooh, right. I I like
1: a one. little beacon or?
0: Yeah, some kind of, hey, we're here.
1: Mapping some system, yeah.
0: It's here somewhere, right. So they, all they could, they, there were no, uh, we had no technology that they could have detected a hundred thousand years ago, right?
1: Uh, oh right, yeah. They're like, who are these apes anyway? Uh,
0: yeah, well, it's just about sort of out of Africa time where people uh-huh. spread, but there were very few people.
1: Anymore. Yeah, we didn't have cell phones or satellites. So Not right. even a cell
0: phone. Can you imagine?
1: No, I can't. No, no. My, my millennial heart, I can't do exactly. it. <laughs>
0: Inconceivable, right?
1: (laughs) Inconceivable.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sending a letter was tough because you had to incise it on stone. So, yeah. -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Writing in stone is difficult. Actually, they hadn't invented writing, so it was very difficult. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah maybe they're like, you know what, we'll be, we'll come back. Y'all yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, minute. the time directive, you that know what be, I mean? That we make, were...
0: Yeah, that would make sense. But maybe they didn't, maybe they said, okay, we'll take a, we'll take a, a, a bet on these guys. And But maybe it's because there's, they found dozens of the, of nascent, uh, you know, li- worlds with life on, uh, and they could, which they could have detected because we know how to detect life on other planets in principle. And yeah, maybe the okay. James Webb Space Telescope will just start to do that, but if we're lucky,
1: do you anyway, think that it will? Do you think
0: it's it's got a chance? It might find one or two. Uh, that's the best sort of estimate we have right now. But uh, if we we don't know where to look for all of them, and uh, lots of ongoing searches for new planets, we, I heard we have just over five thousand ex, extra extra solar planets now.
2: Ooh, Ooh. cool.
0: So there's lots of them. But uh, you know they, they could well have been very much more advanced with their telescopes than we are, and uh, we've been doing pretty well in uh, in just a few hundred years. right. But if they were yeah. had, had telescopes for a thousand years, right? they could have been looking at us in, in, and other worlds nearby in quite great detail. But they wouldn't have as I said, they wouldn't have seen any technology because there wasn't any under, when they set out.
2: If it's not alien space drunk, what could it be? If there's just like so many of these things,
0: uh, well, uh, another possibility is: it's, is it space? It's, it's either deliberately they like, threw a lot out there as beacons, right? As as little messages in a bottle, as Avi Loeb says. <laughs> and the message is: hi, we exist. We're not telling you where.
1: Ha ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> all alien trolls, like come uh-huh. on, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> right like do we have to like answer three riddles like what do we need to do guys come on
0: (laughs) yes right come on yes at least give us the three three wishes or something
1: yeah right
0: (laughs) so it it may have either way there's not going to be anything much on these things that uh, to identify where they're from um Mm -hmm. yeah but if they were targeting us in particular things change a bit right because uh then, then they, they presumably knew there was life on our planet and uh, were uh, aiming to go near it. And aiming is part of, is going to be part of the problem. How do you aim from from uh, you know several light years away? Right. Uh, that's, that's, it's tricky. Uh, you you you, and your chance. Once you've accelerated at the beginning, right, with the laser beam sending you off, for instance, uh, how do you then? Adjust your course if, if you're not actually precisely on the right course. It, it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to do it, and at first it doesn't take very much power because you only have to make small adjustments. But uh, it, it might be uh, it, it implies that there's some in, intelligence on board in the sense that there are sensors that can see where it's going and, and correct and do do the work right. working out where to. Fire thrusters, if they have some, or how to adjust the uh, the color of your solar sail so it reflects in a different direction.
1: The most insane math equation ever because like if you can see out that far and like plot a trajectory to slingshot around a star that is spiraling through right. space. You know yep. I mean that's in that's that's the that's the most ultimate railroad uh, equation I could think of.
0: They would have to have measured the motion of the sun and, uh, and pro- you know very very accurately. And right. they're, they they're aiming to where it will be 100,000 years from when they launched it, right?
1: This isn't, yeah, and that um, they would have to be so advanced and just thinking of the Drake equation and the likelihood of mm. a, an alien being that advanced, so I guess to start, we should maybe for the audience define like what the Drake equation is in case they haven't listened to episodes before.
0: Oh, okay, I can do that, yeah, oh, great. Uh, Great, because like,
1: I can't. I could only sort of. Well,
0: I think I can remember all the make my way through it. So uh, Frank Drake, who just died very sadly, yes, at an advanced age, um, was back in the nineteen sixties, early nineteen sixties, when radio telescopes were new, and uh, they they thought, well, can we point at some at some stars and and detect alien radio emission? Right. This led to lots of interesting ideas including I, including Kardashev type one, two, and three civilizations. But we won't go to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. We'll do that's
1: that. a whole other thing.
0: <laughs> and Frank Drake said, well, what's the chances of, of seeing one, an alien uh, civilization that transmits radio that we could detect, right? Because that was what the tool they had. Uh, and he said, well, let's see, think, how many stars are there in the galaxy? And how, you know, how many of those will have planets around them and how many of those planets will be in the right temperature zone to be habitable, so liquid yep. water can be present on the surface. Right. And how many of those that are potentially habitable actually have life and how many of those produce advanced life and in particular technological life. Yeah. And then you have to worry how long will that civilization last, Right. Mm The maximum birth rate is given by the birth of stars in the galaxy, which is a a few per year. And then what's the death rate of civilizations? And then if you multiply all of those things together, you get the number of civilizations that are uh, in the galaxy that are uh, capable of transmitting radio emission. All right then. That right. Yeah. was radio emissions, because some of those will be very far away in our galaxy, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you could scale that to the ones, that, the nearby ones. And it was a great idea, and it helped clarify the whole problem. It turned the problem from being vague speculation into, oh, we need to determine these, like, six numbers. Right. Right? And it, was, it was a great step, but it was a great... Theoretical step, because yeah. none of those numbers had any boundaries on them whatsoever. They could have been, it could be anywhere from a probability of one to zero. Oh. <laughs> so we had, we we knew the number of stars in the galaxy. We had no idea about the number of planets. We had no idea how many habitable planets there were. No idea if, how many of those had life or technological life. So all those numbers were completely undetermined. And now, now things are getting oh. much better. Uh, we know that. Uh, on average, there's one uh, Earth-like planet around every star based on little red stars. So it, we maybe want to expand that, but we are, it would be... Earth-like. Working. Earth-like in the sense of a small, rocky planet. Ah!
1: Okay, <laughs> and how many of them made it past four point six billion years without blowing themselves up?
0: Well, this, well, yeah. first they have to get life, and then technological life capable of blowing themselves up, and then it's how long those last. <laughs> we don't right. know those, but we know some of them. The numbers are getting into focus now, and James Webb is going to start the process of seeing how many of them may have life on them. And who got so- past the nuclear phase <laughs> and who didn't? We've got several, several of those numbers are basically pinned down, or soon will be. So that's really nice. The uh, searches, the direct searches for extraterrestrial intelligence, are still ongoing, right? Maybe even growing in, in in their power, and so it's it's possible we'll have we could someday we'll get a direct detection of some alien signal. These are called, but now these are called techno signatures.
1: Well, yeah. and people are so excited about this right now. Obviously, was it uh, the the government? had the hearing about unidentified flying objects oh, yes, yes. and all of that, where, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. They were just like, yeah, we don't know what this was. No, um, the
0: alien carefully saying this does not imply aliens visiting. Race. Yes.
1: Right. <laughs> but it's also like, I mean, we don't know. We don't, cause we don't know what it is. No, uh, there are a few things that we can't explain and that would create mm-hmm. a sort of mm-hmm. technology we didn't know was around you know that kind of thing. So similar to Oh, and, um, I'm going to say it wrong again. Oh my gosh, Oumuamua. Oumuamua. Oumuamua, where it's like it's unidentified and it's flying, baby, but we don't know what it is. I mean, you we can't. We can't so say there, it there's no. still
0: ways of explaining it with ast- with ordinary astrophysics uh, that are being you know, refined, and maybe they'll. Be f- maybe that's all there is to it. But right, it, it, um, is there anything we can do to to think about? Whether it's aliens or not, and so yeah,
1: that's right. What I, can do. Yeah. I mean, people are going to speculate about it anyway, and it would be cool if people who knew what they were talking about when it comes to astrophysics could speculate about it because yeah, yeah I mean, otherwise it's just uh, you know turning.
0: So one thing we can do is is look back along the path we think it came from, right, and and see what star it came from. Oh, uh huh. That seems like the obvious thing to do, right?
1: Oh, yeah. obvious to smart people. So what oh, 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 oh. <laughs> where <laughs> is it coming from? That's brilliant. Yes.
0: Oh well, thank you, but I didn't think of it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> other people I immediately thought of it, and I did. I wasn't right, involved right. then. And so uh, that's been looked at by a lot of people, and the, the the answer is we don't know. There's no obvious star it came from. Oh. It doesn't okay. get any, it, it doesn't get within light years of another star any time in the last. Uh, I think it's a million years.
1: Oh my god, this is old. This is an old thing.
0: Right, or or it it didn't, or it wasn't just coming on the path we set. We thought it was. It was actually doing some other manoeuvres on its on its way here.
1: Which right. seems more probable than it was coming from nothing forever ago versus it yeah. turned into this trajectory.
0: Well, if it's an alien craft, that's more likely, I would think.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, and just generally more likely. Otherwise, it's been flying through nothingness for so long. I mean, I guess the universe is old. Eh.
0: Well, the universe is plenty old enough for this. 100,000 years in the, for the universe is a blink of an eye, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are scientists doing to determine its origin? Uh,
0: well, they've, looked, they've searched all the catalogs and, and carefully, uh, which, are, which are extensive now, there's a, a wonderful catalog, on a satellite called Gaia, a European oh, yeah, Gaia. mission. And it plots out, it determines how all the stars, basically about a billion stars, how how they're moving in the galaxy. Hmm. It maps out how it's, Nothing is stationed. They have a wonderful um, video showing the sky now, and then they, they fast-forward it to where it will be, uh, you know, some number of thousands or millions of years from now. And it's pretty impressive. And it's, it's really well-determined now. So you can look at where stars would have been 100,000 years ago, and maybe that makes a difference, right?
1: Oh, because they move. Yeah. Uh,
0: But the answer is still no.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) gosh. Uh, know, so alien, uh, alien, alien,
0: alien scout. Stars. It is. Got it. There <laughs> and then people look. Ah, but what if it's a very small, dim star, just that you only see not in that wouldn't show up in ordinary optical pictures that you would take. But we could stare into the infrared and look there. Ha ha! Uh-huh. Uh, a brown dwarf. The answer is nah, There's none of those. Oh man! Okay then. And so another possibility is: Wow, well, what, what if it was a really massive star that then exploded? Right? Yeah. And so it's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. yeah, we got it.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And the answer <laughs> is: Well, uh, if if it if it was really the origin star that some civilization uh, sent, and they they were right there, it wasn't where that civilization started because that the star only lives a few million years. And that's the, yeah. the planets around that would would still be molten. So there's not going to be any uh, life coming from planets around mm-hmm. those supermassive black supermassive uh, stars that mm-hmm. the ones that explode. So mm-hmm. there, that that's, that's not easy. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it. Uh, you did a slingshot maneuver around a a massive star to get to us. So it's a, it's just a way station. Hmm. In which case you think, oh well, but it could also be a neutron star or a black hole that he used as a way station, and we wouldn't see those, would we? Right. Right. And the answer is, well, we've looked at the in the wavelengths, the very short wavelengths where where those neutron stars would emit, and uh, no, we we don't see any. So it's 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 getting tricky to find a place it could have come from.
1: That's spooky, man. Yeah. I'm curious, why is it so controversial to consider alien life forms?
0: Well, I agree. It, it shouldn't be. But you Yeah, I'm been, confused
1: as to why it I,
0: is. I think people are just at a loss for what to say, right? So it's aliens and, and it's kind of end of argument, right? And I'm trying right. to say, no, it's, it's a beginning mm-hmm, because yeah. if you look at, at, at what what these aliens had to put, had to uh, overcome to get something to us. So let's, let's think about that. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And if you're what you're saying here, there's so many stars that have rocky planets around mm-hmm. them and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our planet in particular was, was hit rather ferociously early in its life that it sort of re development for us. Right. Yeah. Um, but the chances of that happening to other rocky planets might not be the same, you know, that maybe yeah, they sooner than we did. So, and also just how quickly technology develops. Like if you look at how long we were bugs, basically, that's yeah. true the ratio of how long it went from riding a horse to flying in space. It's itty bitty. Yeah, it. true. So, you know, once you start with the technology, it's fast going.
0: It would, yeah, right. Even if, you, even if you go back to stone tools, right, that's a pretty short time.
1: Right. Yeah, and if we're totally. talking 100 million years of development.
0: Um, well, 100 million, that's a very long time.
1: Yeah. So if we started technologically developing that long ago, who knows where we'd be today, right? Okay. So uh, probability-wise, it just seems like something – I feel like it's an, an, in the undercurrent of almost every conversation I have with astronomers like talking to exoplanet uh sci- planetary scientists or mm-hmm. looking at moons it's like well could there have been life on mars could venus have supported life at one yeah. point well these exoplanets but we're looking for the rocky ones it's like okay does ev- everyone's thinking this but yeah. but scientifically it is frowned upon to publicly say that
0: yeah, it, it's uh, become respectable to talk about looking for life. In fact, it's okay. a driving uh, goal of many people to, who study exoplanets.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and first of all, who founded Lowell Observatory, got a lot of hate for it in, you know, in the 1800s when he wanted yes. to know if there was life on Mars. Yeah. He,
0: well, I, yes. In the end, he was wrong. Because- he
1: was very wrong. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In the sense that they there weren't canals uh, on no, uh, what he thought no. imaging, and uh, that's unfortunate.
1: Mm, yep. Yeah, not not so right on the canals. Uh, people are still, I mean, I think NASA is looking for evidence of microbes and stuff like yes.
0: that. Yes. So there was this one famous my, my, uh, um, meteorite, Martian meteorite, that was found in Antarctica, and I'm going to get the wrong number. It's A-L-H something, which stands for Alan Hills, and I forgot the number. Darn. Okay. okay.
1: I saw the documentary about this called "The Thing."
0: Okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, that doesn't sound quite like the documentary. Uh, oh yeah, on NPR, right? Uh, PBS or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's this little rock, tiny rock, and inside, <laughs> yeah, um, there are little little things that could have been tiny fossils. And that was the uh, that was the claim that, that they, they fitted well with being little fo- fossils of Martian life and that uh, it, many people I think or perhaps most people have come to the conclusion no they're not but for yeah. that, that single uh, event finding those things pretty much kicked off the Mars program again uh, for NASA got people going
1: yeah oh, so, totally.
0: Turned out to be wrong, but it led, had the great results because we have a great Mars program, right?
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, when scientists talk amongst each other, you know, it's always like, oh, yeah, and maybe this and possibly this. But it, it takes so much science to get to a hypothesis.
0: Like well, to get to a more of a solid answer. Yeah. Yes. I've so thought easy.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Science is hard. Astronomy is freaking hard, y'all. Um, <laughs> but- yeah, I think I think it is interesting how much how much controversy it faces and and the the thing is, is that that's something that everyone on earth wants to know. You know, like maybe people don't care as much about the James Webb or or whatever or oh a new gas what a planet was discovered. But if it's like, oh, a a rocky planet was found and could there be life? Are we alone? I mean, that's such a gateway drug to astronomy in my
0: opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it really is a civilizational changing kind of question. If we found yes was the answer, right, and they're here, that star there, which you can see in the night sky, has life on it, even if it's, we don't know anything about it, whether it's technological life or not, that would, that would yeah. be a game changer, right?
1: Right, right. How about, um, I'm curious what when NASA, I'm assuming NASA, I only found out about this from our previous conversation, but what were their conjectures?
0: I don't think uh, NASA a whole has, has a conjecture about it. There's, <laughs> there's lots of individual scientists, some of whom work for NASA who may have uh, ideas.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, so there wasn't an official NASA isn't,
0: isn't, doesn't take a position on what it might be.
1: Okay. Interesting,
2: okay. Thing. And uh, how long have you been researching Oamumu?
0: Oh, I, 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 did. I wrote this paper what last year, and uh, or was it the year before? It's hard to tell with COVID. They all blend together. Um, uh, because I, because I started reading some of the papers that uh, that were. Um, Basically saying that uh, Abby Loeb and Bialy were were wrong and obviously wrong and just basically stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it almost got to that level. It was it was pretty dismissive, and I thought, but they didn't really give reasons. It was just we don't like it, okay. and that's yeah. not right. You've got to have reasons.
1: You've got to look yeah.
0: uh, into it. not it's it, it's it is clearly something we'd never seen before, and so and I'm. Unlikely explanations are certainly uh, to be considered. And when we say unlikely, uh, unconventional ones. We don't Mm -hmm. non-astrophysical ones. Uh, Why not? Right. Uh, But then then attack the problem rationally and just look at the uh, the possibilities. Make sure you don't let your aliens do crazy non-physics things. (laughs) You know, gravity or conservation of angular momentum or something like that. And then think it through and so the paper I, it basically lays out all sorts of areas most of which i'm not an expert in but because it would take a lot of skill to follow up some of these things but uh, uh can you is it possible to uh target earth from uh, several light years away and and in one shot do it or do you have to have onboard propulsion in which case what does that do to the amount of uh, payload you can carry and, and so on and so on. Mm. Of, you can follow the logic down. Now, I, I won't be able to, to answer all those questions because there's different skill sets, but uh, I thought just pointing them out was worth doing.
1: In this article, um, I mean, typically you have to be some sort of like a, a a research or something like that to get access to papers like the one that you've written, is that accessible anywhere for the public to read?
0: Uh, paper? Yes. Uh, certainly, it's on the archive arXiv, and if you look for that and my name and Muamua, then Google that.
1: Perfect. I just found it. Is it all right if I link this into our oh, yes, of course, yes. fantastic because I know people are gonna want to read more about this. Yeah, um, sure. and and just for our listeners, I, I don't know, maybe you uh, had have not listened to the podcast that we've already done with Dr. Elvis, you definitely should. It was fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you are you have a brilliant background. Um right. could you just sort of briefly tell us about your your background your your bios I have a brief little like a small little biography here for you and it would take the whole episode to go through it I mean it's fantastic what what you've accomplished but
0: that's that's nice of you I don't think so but okay really
1: oh my gosh yeah we look up a lot of bios on here and and usually when it's like I don't even know what to narrow this down to yeah (laughs) so
0: uh, well, I was, uh, I started in X ray astronomy when X ray astronomy was only a few years old. And uh, I was as a grad student, graduate student in England, as you may have guessed. Mm-hmm. I
2: don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no clue.
0: Exactly. You, you heard my Texas accent. Here.
1: Yeah, I was thinking Southern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It,
0: it, it's hard to suppress, you know, because
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, why would I? Right. All
1: right.
0: And uh, yeah. Uh I was very lucky. I, I came in at just the right time. I was not allowed to join this X-ray astronomy uh, research group the year before because somebody with a better degree uh, got that job, that position, Ew. and I had to wait a year. And I was very lucky because that poor guy, he built a rocket and uh, it was going to be a very nice experiment. He flew it and it spiraled out of control. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh,
1: really?
0: He ended up with almost nothing for his uh
1: Species. Oh my God! Oh, no, that's crazy. In
0: Tasmania, so he's having a nice time. Sorry. Oh, Oh, okay. that's good. But it, it, it didn't go well for science. So, but I came a year later, and they just launched a satellite, which was very reliable. It turned out, and we were just a little bit more sensitive than the only previous X-ray satellite uh, that had ever been launched, called mm-hmm. uh, which nice. came from a team where I now work. So, uh, the big connections going on there. Nice. And it meant that almost because we're just a little bit more sensitive and because we lasted a little bit, a lot longer, uh, we were able to keep finding not just new sources of x-rays, but new types of sources of x-rays. Oh, look, who knew that white dwarf binaries were x-ray sources? Oh, look, so are blazars. Oh, look. Oh, so our active galaxies, CIFAR galaxies, yeah. as we call them then. And, oh, look, they're CIFR, they're, 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 a, 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 these active galaxies are X-ray sources, was basically the message of my PhD.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, oh, and they vary, by the way, and that was also very important at
1: the time. Yes, and I so, remember we, we talked about that. That was
0: t- crazy. Yeah, because it tells you it comes from a very small region, although yeah. it's very powerful, and so uh, that led to the uh, – that helped establish the idea that uh, black holes, supermassive black holes, Mm -hmm. were the ultimate source of energy in that. So it was great. And
1: and you were the one who discovered that active galaxies were strong X-ray sources. Yes,
0: that was my thesis. Yep, that was
1: it. Fantastic. That was your discovery. You have published over... (laughs) This is insane. This is insane to me. I'm not calling you insane, but this is insane. Published over 300 papers. Oh, my gosh. And you have over 15 thousand citations
0: it's more like
1: 35,000 35,000 <laughs> <is what it's laughs> yes so when when I tell you you guys need to go read this paper I have just downloaded it um I don't I'm I'm so excited that there's a public version of this where people can 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 read through through here and you know even just glancing over it I like that you kind of, you're very direct in your writing too, where you're like natural explanations are not at all ruled out. Like you're, you know,
0: yep.
1: it's, this is a scientific paper. Um, and I really appreciate that approach of looking into a question scientifically versus emotionally, because I feel like it would be easy to react emotionally to a question such as this.
0: And I, that's what a lot of people did. And I say, now guys, calm down. Let's, let's yeah. do this, see what the options are. Right.
1: Yeah. right. Let's look yeah. at this logically.
0: Yeah. Put the beer down. Let's talk I, 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 I didn't mention one of the things that's a real problem is in it, getting something to last for a hundred thousand years in space where there's lots of cosmic rays and, oh. rays and dust that you're hitting at high speed. Yeah. So uh, one of the, Uh, papers that Avi Loeb was on calculated that about half the material of of Oumuamua would have uh, been uh, ablated away, would have been uh, lost en route because dust would impact and that would heat up a little piece of the solar sail and of the sail and it would fly away. Um. And they said that was great because half of it would be left, so it's fine. But if you're an engineer, if you're an alien engineer designing something that lasts 100,000 years and you say half of the mass or half of the material will have disappeared by the time you arrive, you say, that's not much of a margin. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So you you really want to build in a bigger margin than that. And what are you going to make it out of? So the strongest chemical bonds possible are like uh, the carbon bonds in diamond. So that puts an upper limit to the strength of this thing. There are no other bonds, but if you if you hit, if you heat up diamond, it turns to graphite, which isn't strong at all and would disappear quickly. And every time a dust particle hits this diamond uh, sail of yours, I like the idea of a diamond sail, I must say, but
1: right, yeah,
0: <laughs> but it would actually start to crumble quite, you know, over a, by the time it got to us, it would be pretty crumbly.
1: Oh. So maybe we okay. just got the, the broken version of it because, no. yeah, it wouldn't be able to self-repair.
0: Well, no, yeah. you, I looked at the options for repairing, and it's not good. It's, it's of course not, you
1: did. <laughs> you thought of everything.
0: I no, not everything, no, but a, quite a few things. It was fun. It was great fun writing it. I only did it, uh, you know, like after 5 o'clock <clears throat> when I needed to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was fun. I, I did actually send it to Avi Loeb just before uh, sending it to the journal. Oh, okay. I was very scared of sending it to the journal, but I got some other person who does these kinds of respectable but out there kind of things to Mm -hmm. to read it first, and he said, this is good. I said, all right. So I did send it to Harvey Loeb, and he he liked it a lot. He said, I made his day.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: There
1: you go. Nice. And what – so you, you mentioned repair and you mentioned uh, its deterioration as it's going through <laughs> mm-hmm. space, which makes sense because like even our own satellites, they don't last that long. They need, they need yeah. fixes. They need repairs.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the oldest satellite we have is like 50 years old, Voyager. Yeah. That's, that's what? Uh, we want to go 50,000 years or maybe 100,000 years. So it's, we've got to build something that lasts 2,000 times longer than the yeah. oldest thing we've built so far which
1: sounds impossible
0: well it sounds super challenging and so there is a whole field called reliability engineering oh cool yeah who knew right which looks at this kind of thing and so it's a challenge for reliability engineers to say is it even thinkable to build something that is is there some fundamental reason why you can't do it for build for a hundred thousand year lifetime Mm-hmm. And maybe there is, and maybe there isn't. And, but they can help determine whether this is a sensible idea. A clock of the long now that's being built in Texas, near to where uh, Jeff Bezos launches his rockets, actually.
1: Oh. That that- sounds, that, that's the most Texas sentence you could have ever said.
0: <laughs> well, I can't help it. you know my. Uh,
1: from being from the South, right?
0: Being, yeah, South of England.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's designed to last 10,000 years. So maybe maybe mm. this sort of timescale is possible, but uh, nobody's really thought about it at all, I think.
1: Well, maybe in all the things that we've sent out uh, into the ether, by the time they arrive anywhere with intelligent life by chance, mm. it will also just look like a weird molted rock space well, after a
0: hundred thousand years, most of us will look. <laughs> like
1: Yes right, right that won't be far off. Um, I have a feeling so we get questions from from episodes and stuff like that. a lot of emails typically uh-huh. uh, follow up questions that we do our best to answer. If we get questions, which I'm so confident that we will, yeah um could we direct them to you? Or is there, uh, Are you do have an online presence?
0: Uh, I should. You should. I, I, I have a, a Twitter account that I was using very regularly to talk about asteroid mining and things like that. Right, yeah. Uh, which is at uh, Martin S. Elvis 2.
1: Mar- okay, Martin S. Elvis 2. So I might just encourage our listeners, because we are running out of time already, which is oh, gosh. fascinating. I mean, I know, it's, it's crazy That's how fast insane. that goes. But um, I might encourage them to maybe find you on Twitter, uh if they have because I'm telling you right now, I don't think we could answer questions of, about <laughs> it. this is crazy. like this is fascinating. We will definitely link the article. but if you are open to that, Martin S. Elvis too on Twitter.
2: We are out of time shockingly that went by so fast um but thank you for joining us again uh dr elvis and to all our listeners out there i would like to remind you that we have a discord channel and a twitter where you can see some cool behind the scenes content and you can also use the hashtag hashtag ask star stuff to ask us questions that you might have about life the universe and everything yeah. so uh yeah what a, Had a
1: fun great time what a fun combo I- I can't believe okay. how fast the time went. That was so I fun. Know. Well,
0: thanks for so fast. Wow, no, that was great. Yep. Yes.
1: We have so many questions though. We have questions that we didn't yeah. that we didn't even ask. Like what's its official classification? Uh, you know, it's leaving our solar system. When will that I mean we have a whole bunch of questions, but
0: where is it going? Yeah. Where is it going? In only 28,000 years, it will come quite close. What is it 26,000 years? It come quite quite close to a star called Ross 248.
1: Oh, it's heading to Ross. <laughs> Maybe it's headed back home. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, not yet. <laughs> Maybe the next time.
1: Right. Well, thank you again so much, Dr. Elvis. You are oh. fantastic. And really, the last episode just got so much love. So really excited to have you on here again great. I must check it out. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Go listen. <laughs> All right. And uh, don't forget you have an open invitation to
0: Lowell. Sounds great. Love to.
1: This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to Lowell.edu donate. Thanks for listening.